Hey, hey, beauties. Welcome to a Sacred Space podcast. I'm Katie, your host, and I am so excited to share with you how to create sacred space in order to heal and empower yourself. I want you to know that it is possible to live your dream life, to create amazing relationships, to experience joy daily, to be fully connected to yourself and passionate about life. No matter where you're at right now, it is possible to heal your trauma, your anxiety, and live a life beyond your wildest dreams. In this podcast, I will share with you the tools and resources I've used in order to create my dream life. And if it's possible for me, I know it is for you too. So let's get started. Okay, so um, on the podcast today, I'm so super excited. I have Jace Curry. She is the owner of Food Is Not A Fight. And I'm going to have her just um, dive in and tell us a little bit about her story and what she does. Hi, Jace. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. So to tell you just a little bit about myself and my story, um, basically I, I grew up in a, in a Mediterranean home where kind of food is love. Um, and I just always thought that my body was a product of that. So I really, really struggled with this. Um, I started noticing, you know, when I was young that I felt bigger than everyone else, even though I was at a totally normal size for my age, I actually, um, ended up going on my first diet. I put myself on my first diet around age eight. So I was very, um, restrictive and what I wouldn't, wouldn't eat. I kind of started making excuses as to why I wouldn't eat certain things. Um, and this just led to such a disconnection with my body. I wasn't maybe eating things that I should have been while I was still growing. And um, I kind of learned to turn off those cues that said, hey, you're hungry. You need to eat protein or you need some vegetables right now or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I didn't realize... <laughs> how little it actually was about the food and how much it was about disconnecting from something that I thought was like bringing me pain, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and basically I was just trying to numb myself into like the state of where I didn't notice how my body was different or, um, I I just was trying to disconnect from that. And as humans, we always, always want to be closer to happiness and further from pain. Mm -hmm. But when we numb out, uh, it kind of, we're not able to feel happiness as much either because we're utilizing something like food. It's all it is, is a tool or a strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, And for most people, it's not a very good one. Mm -hmm. So, but you're actually limiting your ability to feel happiness as well. I was a college athlete, um, which I hadn't really been that athletic as a child. And then as I started to get into exercise as another way to change my body, I realized that I was naturally very athletic. Um, I was able to pick things up quickly. So I was on, you know, a varsity crew team and a cross country team. And I would go to practice and then I would go to the gym too. So again, this was just trying to disconnect from what was going on in my life. Um, and I would actually, I was at a point where I would go to two different gyms 
because I was afraid that someone would see me spending so much time at one facility that I would go to the other. And that's crazy now that I think about that because I am like, well, if no one else is there for four hours, they're not going to know that you were there for four hours either. But again, um, it's kind of hard to see the forest through the trees when you're in a state like that. So I don't think I really realized, you know, that I had issues with food or I had issues with disconnection. Um, when I was in college, I, I had an ankle injury. I had a sprain um, and I knew it was sprained. I knew it hurt. And I went to the trainer and he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to tape it. You can still run your meet this weekend. No big deal. And he's like, where does it hurt? And I was like, I don't know. It hurts. Like, I can't tell you where. And he's like, okay, take one finger and like point where it hurts. And I was like, I don't know. It just hurts. (laughs) And it was just a disconnect. Like I was so disconnected from my body that I knew that there was pain somewhere in there, but I couldn't tell you where it was. Yeah. You can identify it. Yeah. yeah. And even then (laughs) I was like, oh no, everything's great. Everything's fine. Um, And it really wasn't until I got older and started getting more into like bodybuilding and lifting weights for that purpose um, that I realized that my, my, I was completely under eating for what I was trying to gain in muscle. Mm -hmm. And so then I started kind of what I call bro eating, which is, you know, you got to get all the protein and all the peanut butter and all of this. And I was still like, okay, I just ate wrong for what I was trying to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And as I started to become more aware, um, I started following Sam Skelly and her program, Hungry for Happiness, and I actually enrolled in my certification course through her. Um, As I got more aware, I realized I have no idea how to eat like a normal human being. Um, Ultimately, like six small meals a day, that doesn't work for me. Like that doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's so individual as to what you need person. You're going to need some, something totally different than I am. Right. Um, so that wasn't working for me either. And I just kind of felt like I was slipping out of control with that. And, um, I started like kind of binge eating, which I had never really done in my life. Like I, you know, it was a weird new thing for me. Um, the more I learned, it's a very, very common byproduct of dieting your whole life. Mm -hmm. And so once this table kind of turned for me, I realized that I needed to do something to like fix my situation. It wasn't one that I wanted to be in. Um, And once I started following Sam and was able to see like, hey, this is, you know, there's such a good way to conquer this. And it's the exact opposite of what everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. That's when I became really, really passionate about teaching that to other women. So that's amazing. What a wonderful story. I love that so much. I think it's Thank so you. awesome. And I think like, especially for women, we, we struggle with food so much and like that relationship between food and like our bodies. And I think that we always think that like the food is what is like making our bodies be a certain type of way, which in all honesty, usually it's just like complete body dysmorphia. Like we're not seeing ourselves the way that we are like we don't have that relationship with our bodies and so we we blame food and then we end up in this really bad relationship with food you know and it it it's just it becomes very confusing so I love that you're doing this and I I love your story so much so um 
why don't you go ahead and talk about like, but like, yeah, like let's talk about like the food and body image um, connection and, and how you see that and how all that works. Yeah. So one thing I just want to touch on real quick is that it, it's not your fault that you feel this way. I know so many women can relate to this feeling and like you have to understand that not only have you been conditioned societally, somewhere along the line, you know, someone in the diet industry realized that they can make a ton of money by telling you what to eat, when to eat, how to eat, where to eat, and then tell you it was your fault when you didn't succeed. Like you didn't try hard enough. Um, you didn't, you didn't do it good enough. You just, your willpower wasn't enough. And so that's so important to realize like new diets. And I use this like in, um, quotation marks, new diets come out every week. And really a lot of them are revamped diets, you know, from 10 years ago, like keto is Atkins really. Um, right. <laughs> and so it, yeah, it might work for your friends and it might not work for you or vice versa, but ultimately like I've found that the best thing is no restriction at all. And that's not like, you know, eat, a thing of cookie dough when you're hungry. It's listen to your body and figure out what you need. Right. That being said, um, I am off my little soapbox with that. I think my lawn guys are outside. Can you hear them? Oh, like barely. Like okay. Barely. Yeah, okay. No big deal at all. <laughs> cool. Um. So basically, like you have this kind of way that you've been programmed to think, and that's not your natural state at all. So like you we're addicted to struggle, but we're not meant for it. Right. Um, society has said like, Hey, you know, you kind of need to struggle with food. Like if you don't, you're weird. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who's never dieted. And I was like, what do you mean you've never dieted? <laughs> and she's like, no, you know, I just like eat what I, what I feel like eating. And you know, most of the time it's like vegetables and fruit and protein. And I'm like, yeah, but have you ever ate just cabbage soup for a week? Like, that's supposed to be good for you. And she's like, no, that's not. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, um, and she is so in tune with herself and her body that she is able to just figure out what she needs in the moment and eat it. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, I think we can all come back to that, but we have to realize, like, hey, we've been distant for so long. This is not going to be an overnight quick fix. Like... You're going to be like, I'm hungry. I need to eat cake. And you're going to eat cake. Right. Um, that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. but, and don't think like, oh, this isn't working. Um, everybody's body has a natural set point that they'll be able to come back to. So, and it's okay to want to change your body, but you have to be doing it out of like love and saying like, hey, I want to change my body because I want to be able to chase around my kids at the park and not get winded. Mm -hmm. not, I want to change my body because I hate it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. I think that's like a huge important part because it's the, a difference in intention. Are you coming from a place of self-love or are you coming from a place of self-hatred? And, yeah. and if you're ever coming from a place of self-hatred, it's going to be abuse. You're going to, you're going to end up punishing yourself and abusing yourself because that's what, that's the goal ultimately, because that's the intention. But when you're coming from a place of, of self-love and you're really just recognizing like, okay, something's off here and I want to change what's going on on the inside. Like I want to change what's off here. I want to stop numbing. I want to stop avoiding. I want to 
um, you know, I want to feel happiness and feel connected to my body and feel good in my body and dance around and enjoy food, you know, like all of those things are like, I want are always coming from a place of self-love versus I don't want. Right. So that awareness of like, where are you coming from? Are you going for what you want? Or are you saying, I don't want this? And that's why you're doing it. Exactly. Important. Um, I don't know. There's a word for that distinction. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Okay. And then, um, so, (laughs) um, I know you wanted to talk about, um, yeah, like the emotional detachment and how that um, plays into like the disordered eating. Yeah, so I never realized this until kind of recently. Um, Basically, I thought, you know, oh, it's about food. And then I thought, no, it's not about food, it's about control. Mm -hmm. And I stayed stuck in that mindset for a very, very long time. Like, oh, I can't control what's going on in my life. I can't control, you know, how people are acting around me. So I'm gonna control what goes in my mouth because I can control that. Um, and it wasn't until I realized like, Hey, you are using, um, all, like I said, all it is, is a tool. Some people use alcohol. Some people use social media. Some people use, you know, kind of messy relationships. We are all addicted to struggle in some way. And just, however, it's manifesting itself in your life. Um, and for me, that was food and, I just was, I was doing it not to feel, I was doing it so I could be like, oh, well, you know, if I count calories and I just pay attention to like how many grams of apple are going in my mouth today, then I won't have to pay attention on to how horrible I'm feeling or, you know, that I'm, I'm feeling let down um, or that I didn't do well on my test and I'm upset about it. So it was just, once I realized that I was really able to kind of self-soothe in better ways because there's so many better strategies out there. Maybe you take a walk, maybe you call a friend, maybe you journal about what's going on. Um, Your strategy does not have to be whatever it currently is right now. Right, exactly. And I think like really you just described, I talk about this a lot, um, like the, the essence or the root of like what addiction is. So addiction is disconnection. It, It comes from disconnection. Like that's the only way that it is even possible. So when we're disconnected from, from our emotions and we're detaching and we're using things to self-soothe or give us a false sense of, of security, that's how addiction manifests. And everybody has their different way of like how they, how they do it, right? But it always yeah. boils down to the same thing. It always boils down to, to detaching from yourself and from others. And so, like you said, like taking a walk, like connecting with nature or calling a friend, connecting with another human being, like these are all ways to provide ourselves with like a real sense of security that are like healthy, that are healthy for us because we, we do naturally gravitate towards um, unhealthy um, ways of self-soothing if we're not taught that like it's unhealthy in the first place, which a lot of us just aren't. We don't realize that, like that mindset isn't there. And so we no, like nobody ever told me, Hey, fuel is, or food is for fuel. You know, right. like right. it's, you need it to survive. No one's ever said that. Um, it's just kind of like supposed to be understood. Right. And, um, you miss 
if you miss that, you're like, oh, well, it's connection. It's love. It's this, it's that. Mm -hmm. And when maybe it's not food, maybe it's not eating food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like going from one to the other, like or binge eating or whatever. So many women bounce between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is, it is partially scarcity, but you know, eating too much and then feeling sick and hating yourself. That's a coping strategy too. Right. It's just not a good one. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And, and so you mentioned that like the scarcity mindset thing. So why don't you talk a little bit about that and like how you see that and how that plays in. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately if, um, you know, if you are restricting what you're eating, if you're daydreaming about, I don't know, chocolate pudding or whatever, and you're not letting yourself eat it, that is going to be what you are obsessively thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Humans kind of tend to focus on what we can't have. Right. Even if it's a self-imposed restriction, even if it's, oh, I'm not eating that right now because I want to lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, And then, you know, a situation comes up, I don't know, maybe like a coworker's birthday and there's cupcakes in the kitchen. And because you've been like, no cupcakes, no cupcakes, no cupcakes, no cupcakes for so long that you're like, oh, you know what? I will let myself have just one. And for so many women who have dieted a lot in the past, it's like the floodgates open and all rules are off. Right. Um, meanwhile, if you just let yourself, you know, eat a cupcake when you're feeling like you want a cupcake or you weigh the pros and cons and you're like, oh, well, then I have to put pants on and go to the store and get one. I don't want one that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of, you're in control of your own destiny. Right. And you can have just one. But if you wait until kind of the situation presents itself, because you've been in this scarcity mindset for so long, like you're automatically going to go to it and you're going to try to get as much of that thing as you can, because you don't know when you'll be allowed to have it next. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And then it creates like this, um, this like emotional roller coaster. Like, you know, when we do stuff like that, we create shame, like within ourselves, you know what I mean? And it may already come from shame. There may already be like a, a, a level of shame, like within yourself. And that's why you're restricting yourself or going into that scarcity mindset in the first place. But then you kind of continue that and put yourself on this emotional roller coaster where that's what you're dealing with. And every time that emotion comes up really heavy for you, instead of looking at that emotion, you end up, you know, doing the same thing and going into that same pattern of of restricting and then, and then binging. So, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things to do is just be like, well, that happened and I'm going to move on from that. And like, there's nothing I can do about it right now. So like, I can't go back and change it. It's happened. So how can I just move on and be better from here? And that's not like shame. It's not like, Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Now I have to eat carrots for the next three weeks. It's like that happened. I'm cool with it. And I'm just moving on. Exactly. Like giving yourself grace and acceptance. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. So why don't you tell us like what tips you do, like what are the tools that you use and that you teach your clients to overcome like emotional eating and like that scarcity mindset? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing you have to do is just realize like, Hey, this is what's happening and this is what's going on. Um, with, until we identify it, we can't change it. The next thing that we do is, um, we find better strategies. So basically we need to replace this strategy that we have. That's not working for us. It's not serving us. We do need to thank it because it has served us in the past. It has kept us safe in some way. Ultimately, like my issues with food in my body showed me the parts of myself that I needed to heal. Um, And that is so powerful. And I will never, ever dismiss these as like, oh, that was just my life and it sucked and now I'm over it. It was my life. It wasn't cool. Um, But it showed me the work that I needed to do. And so I believe that like being thankful for that is still really important. Um, that being said, like we just move on to better strategies. So many of the women that I teach are just so disconnected from what's going on. So we really, really work on like tuning in mindfulness, um, and just trying to be present in every moment and being intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very, very easy to just be like, Oh yeah, I'm being present. I'm here. And then scroll on your phone. Cause that's right. just another strategy. Right. right. Um, but if it's all about the intent behind it, like, why do you want to be present? Why do you want to change this relationship to your body and to your food? Um, so we really, really work on those things. Uh, we work on connection mm-hmm. because we don't just need external connection. We really need internal connection yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and you can only like external connection, you can only fill so many holes with that. Right. Ultimately we're so disconnected from ourselves. Like we don't know how to eat. We don't know how to sleep. Uh, Some of us don't even know how to breathe. Right. 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 (laughs) And so by working on that connection to ourselves, we're able to change so much in our lives. No, I totally agree. I think um, when I started building that connection, that relationship with myself, that's like when my entire life changed, that's when all my relationships changed. That's when everything changed because, I was always looking outside of myself for that connection because I didn't know. And most of us don't that like ultimately the initial connection happens here. And then you're able to expand that out, you know, into your external world and, and have fulfilling relationships. But if you don't have that first in place here, like a foundation of that within yourself, it's so impossible to connect with another person because you don't know yourself. How can you know another person? If you don't love yourself, how can you show love to another person? It's always going to be coming from this empty space and, and you are always going to feel unfulfilled because you're trying to, to get that fulfillment from outside of yourself. And so that's, that's absolutely huge. So in that, let me just ask you, cause I'm always curious, um, like when it comes to building self-connection, like what are the, some of the tools um, that you use for that? Yeah. So, um, I love journaling, which I never did. I did it as a child and then I stopped at some point in my life and I was like, "Mm, no, I don't know about this. The more that I've written down my thoughts, even if it's just like, sometimes I don't write in a physical journal. I take Google notes on my phone because it's easy. I can look at it on my phone, my laptop, my iPad, whatever. Um, and like, if I'm thinking about something and I'm like, Oh, I want to come back to this later. It's a good place for me to just put it down real quick. Um, and so by doing that, I'm really able to track my patterns in my thoughts. Um, 
And it's not like, oh, dear diary, today this happens, you know? <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm stressed out or feeling anxious, I, I ask myself, like, hey, what am I stressed about right now? Mm-hmm. What am I worried about? What's going on that this is coming up for me? Mm-hmm. And that is so, so powerful. Yeah. I'm also a really big proponent of guided meditation. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of just sitting there trying to think about nothing. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> so even though I've worked on my monkey mind quite a bit, it's, I'm still not there. But I really love guided meditations and meditations with intent. So mm-hmm. if I want to work on something specific, I will find a meditation for that. Um, there's tons of great resources out there. The calm app is great. Um, there's just several I can think of off the top of my head and you can always record your own too. Yeah. So. It's helpful to hear it like in your voice. I do that too. Um, cause yeah. I started out with guided meditation. Like I think I started doing it seven years ago too. Um, because I was having panic attacks, like oh, intense wow. panic attacks, like five, six times a day. Like I would just like not be able to breathe and I would fall down and it was like crazy. And this voice inside of me was just like, meditate. (laughs) And I like, I like Googled it. I went on YouTube and I was like, meditation. And like the first one I did was this Buddhist meditation that was like being translated and it had a mantra. And I'm telling you, like I sat down on the floor, I was in mid panic attack, like I was having one and I just like fell to the floor and I was saying the mantra you know it's like a Sanskrit mantra and within like five minutes that panic attack was gone and I have not had one since I just kept doing it it was like insane. yeah so guided meditation like it's hardcore it will it will do so much good stuff for you like it's it like changed my life because I I just could not stop having these panic attacks and no matter what I did like it it just it wouldn't go away and I had had depression and anxiety up until that point, like since I was seven years old. So, <clears throat> and guided meditation, like is the only thing I had tried everything. Like I had done all the antidepressants. I had done the therapy. I had tried natural stuff like 5-HTP. I had done all the things and guided meditation is what in the end, like just did it for me. And I just have never looked back and I just continued that. Like I'm huge on meditation. Like That's so uh, cool. Yeah. And- Another one I really like too is breath work um, because it's, it is essentially a guided active meditation where you have breathing patterns to go along with it. Um, I started doing this last year and in terms of seeking connection for my body, it was one thing that has been so life-changing. Um, you're able to connect to your deepest source, like your breath and you're focused on your breathing for an hour or however long, you know, your classes. And that has been another game changer for me as well. Yes, I 100% agree. And especially if you suffer from anxiety or any kind of um, like intense worry or control issues, yeah. like, like uh, breath work is huge for that. It can, it can just change everything. Just release, release. <laughs> That's awesome. I love those tools. That's so cool. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add? Like anything that you want um, my audience to hear? Any other tips or tools? Yeah. I mean, basically just realize that if you are struggling with this, it's like I said, it's not about the food and it's not your fault. 
um, when I kind of started like tipping the scales and going towards, oh my God, no pun intended, and going towards the binge eating side of things, mm-hmm. um, I really was like, I don't know how to come back from this. Like, I know how to fix my issues around food I eat, right? Like, right. but I don't know how to eat like a normal human being. And so that was really scary for me because there were not a lot of resources out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just realize it's more common than you think. The more that I coach women and engage in an active coaching community, the more I'm like, wow, this happens to like everyone. My friend who never dieted, she's the outlier. She's weird. Um, but know that it's not your natural state. And if you want to make changes, it will not be that way forever. Yes. That's amazing. I love that so much. I have learned so much from you today. Like I love it. Jace. It's, it's so cool. Thank you so much for um, coming on here and just, and sharing all of that information. I have um, struggled with like body image and food stuff for, I don't know, probably my whole life. Like I was anorexic when I was 14 and then it just kind of like spiraled from there. And, and so I'm always like, um, like so excited when I meet women like you that, that um, specialize in like the emotional eating and having a relationship with food and all that stuff, because I know that there's always like so much I can learn. So it makes me really happy. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad that I could be of service today. Yes, definitely. I love it. For free resources, eBooks, and other super awesome tools, go to my website, sacredspacewithkatie.com. I also want to remind you to subscribe so you always get the latest episode and to leave a review so other people can find this podcast too. I super appreciate you tuning in today and I will catch you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day.